Welcome to Success at Sinai, a podcast about how to get ahead in academic medicine at Mount Sinai. I'm your host, John Earl. Today's show is about mentoring. Now, before I recorded this show, I knew mentors were important, but I didn't realize how important they are until I spoke with our guests. Dr. Juan Wisniewski and Dr. Jenny Lin, both from the Department of Medicine, have been mentor and mentee for a decade. In the conversation you're about to hear, they talk about their mentoring relationship and offer tips for you on how to connect with mentors of your own. The other voice you'll hear is Rama Chitale from the Office of Academic Development and Enrichment. Dr. Wisniewski, Dr. Lin, thank you so much for joining us on the program. I want to start by talking about your story, how you two found each other and started this mentor-mentee relationship. So, Dr. Lin, take us back to the very beginning. I had originally started as a clinician educator, and when I decided to tried to transition to becoming uh, more of a researcher, I really needed to find some mentorship in that arena. And our division chief actually had said, you know, you should go talk to Juan. He's the you know director of research and he knows a lot about this. So it was a little intimidating first meeting. Juan is actually quite intimidating initially, although no longer. Um, but um, he was tough. He's, he is a really good, critical thinker and he doesn't tend to sugarcoat, which is really helpful for me. And he's also really concrete. This is your next step and this is what you need to do. That really helped sort of pave my way and guide me to what I needed to do. What advice would you give junior faculty looking for a mentor, would you say? Um, Sort of like where should they identify these mentors? I think uh, there are multiple mechanisms, you know, looking in your division and your department is definitely a good first step, talking to senior people. They may not be the right person to be the mentor, but usually they could guide you to somebody else. Talking to your peers, your colleagues. Yeah. yeah. So I think there are plenty of different ways. Um, but I mean, the best way I, I, I think is really, again, sort of with that personal connection and really getting recommendations or suggestions from, like Juan said, either peers or more senior people um, who may not be your mentor but could help you find another person because they just know a bunch of people. And they may be like, oh, yeah, you know, that person really fits your interests or really fits your needs for what you are looking for um, and help sort of just help you make that connection. And then it may work out great or it may not. And that's okay. You know, we highlight that there are a lot of institutional resources to support finding mentors, uh, you know, by Chair for Research, you know, the Office for, you know, Faculty Development, training grants, uh, the CTSA. So reaching to these um, faculty and resources can, you know, can be definitely useful. How do you go from identifying a potential mentor to like locking it down with that person. I don't know how else to put it. It's like you see someone that could be a mentor and you want to you want to make the connection, but you don't want to like go all in and be like, "Hey, I've never met you, but can we like develop a 10-year relationship?" <laughs> how do you kind of like handle that dance in the right way? I mean, I think it's it's interesting, right? It it, it really is a relationship. It really is a two-way street. So you if you're 
being mentored as a junior faculty on a particular project, you set up meetings to meet with your mentor regularly. And then once that project is done, that relationship can end because you don't necessarily need that mentor anymore. But if you, as the mentee, feel like this is something you want to continue, you know, I really think that it's up to the mentee to drive the relationship and to ask for more meetings. If for whatever reason it doesn't end up working out because the mentor is just too busy, I think the onus is on the mentor to say, I'm really so sorry, I just don't have enough time to commit to you. Um, So we've talked about kind of the beginning. Um, I'm wondering if you could tell me about how it develops. Well, as as you say, I think the the relationship evolves over time and depends on, you know, the mentee, and sometimes the mentor stage in their career slash objectives, and you need to adapt it, you know. With Jenny, at some points, we're really both very focused on grant applications and some others, you know, once her career grant was funded, we were working on, you know, the project, writing papers, and then sometimes we just stay back and think a bit more like long-term or what are the next steps, and then sometimes it would be on the details of a submission or a paper. So clearly it is is a changing, evolving uh, relationship. I'm wondering if you could talk specifically to the importance of the mentoring relationship in the promotions process. I think it's really important as a junior faculty member because I think sometimes the um, promotions process may seem less than transparent. And so having someone guide you and say, this is what I've done. I mean, one thing Juan has really done for me that's been really helpful is giving me his own personal experiences and saying, I've been there. And, you know, there are times where I look at him and I'm like, there's no way you could have felt this bad and this insecure um, because I had seen him as, you know, a very accomplished and successful researcher. So to think that somebody who I think of as quite successful has also sort of struggled with my own, you know, anxieties or my own personal worries about getting a project done or moving to the next project has been really helpful. I'm thinking there are so many um, physicians here who don't really see a value in getting promoted. They just want to work in their clinic. They want to see patients. And I guess I want to know what is the value of the mentor for that relationship? Sort of how do you guide that person? I think, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the mentorship to recognize that different mentees have different needs, career trajectories, goals, and your role is not to kind of impose your vision of what those should be, but rather help them achieve the best, uh, you know, opportunities, you know, however they, they want it, you know. There's so many opportunities from developing clinical, you know, niche and program to education, to administration, to quality improvement, to program development, and goes on and on and on. And so... Chances are that there is something out there which will like interest and enhance their career and make make the job more interested. And so I think that's how mentors can help. How many mentors do you have? Off the top of my head, I would say I have probably three people that I really consider mentors. Juan would be my primary research mentor. I have somebody else who is also a research mentor, and I I think of that person as mentor. And then I have one other person I check in with from time to time who is more like a a career person and helps me sort of think about my career in a more 
30,000 foot view that is not in my institution. Um, and that's very helpful to have. Yeah, and I want to say, you know, we talk about the mentor, I think it's, a, it's more like a team uh, or multiple mentors. Some, yeah, sometimes they're not even working together, you know, but it's multiple mentors because you need advice on many different things and um, also mentors have different strengths. Dr. Lynn, could you maybe go into um, some of the struggles that you've had to overcome and how the mentoring relationship helped? Um, so I think, and I've been told, that the transition from a mentored grant, this is in the research world, to an independent grant is often a tough transition to make. And I will say for sure it was for me, um, trying to come up with a new idea and write a grant on it. And there were definite, definite moments because it wasn't that long ago. So I remember them distinctly in my head of like going to one and being like, I will never have another idea. I had one idea and that's it. And I don't have another one. And just feeling like, you know, you aren't going to be able to make it. And to have someone say to you, you're doing the right thing and you are going to succeed. And having someone just have that faith in your abilities when you yourself do not is great. Like I said, I really think we all need that kind of person in our life to be like, you're doing okay, right? And having the confidence in you when you yourself don't. Thank you both so much for being on the program. This has been a pleasure. Same here. Thanks. That's all for this episode. Thanks again to Dr. Wisniewski and Dr. Lynn for joining us. For more information about mentorships at Mount Sinai, contact the Office of Academic Development and Enrichment. Their website is icon.mssm.edu slash about slash O-A-D-E. Thanks as always to Dr. Lakshmi Devi, Dr. Elizabeth Howell, and Rama Chitale from O-A-D-E for making this podcast possible. And thank you for listening. See you next time. <laughs>